Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you guys are having a strong start off this Monday to your week. And as most of you know, last Friday we had the celebration of life for my mom, Sharon, and uh, it was absolutely incredible. I want to thank our listeners and our Health Masters family from the the bottom of my hearts, the ones that showed up, the ones that sent letters, the ones that sent emails, the ones that sent flowers. Thank you for your prayers and support. It meant so much to us. And we know how much mom impacted everyone in a positive manner. And to see the turnout that we had and the flower arrangements that we had and just the overwhelming support that we had, it helped out so much in this time. And, um, this has been overwhelming for everyone, and uh, you've been so supportive. And for everyone that sent flowers, wow, Dad's got the final numbers on that, and it was incredible. The celebration was uh, a celebration of life was unlike anything I've ever witnessed before in person, and it's it, Mom would have been proud. And so again, we thank you so much for this. Um, it was just a, a very strange time, but an incredible time of friends and family to gather together and celebrate all the incredible accomplishments mom has made, what she has done, how many people she impacted so positively all across the entire world. So, again, thank you sincerely for me and my family for all your support. Dad's got a few more things that he wants to say real quick as well. Well, I want to start off with a Bible verse out of Lamentations. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Lamentations. You know, we need to realize that, you know, there's a time for being born. There's a time for death. And, you know, when Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, probably the, one of the best things he's ever written since he wasn't probably even the latter part of his life. And he realized he'd done a lot of things wrong. Uh, he started talking about how all the different things happen in cycles. And so we need to understand that this is all part of the plan of when we live on this planet. We've got to understand that. And we have to grieve and we have to go through the grief process. My first five days after this happened were absolutely horrible. And and then I finally began to realize that this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it was the support, you know, of the Holy Spirit, the support of God Almighty himself, the support of all of you guys that has made this last 10, 12 days just absolutely amazing because you've really helped us get through all of this stuff. And I want to thank you so much for this. Some people I want to name real quick, uh, just a few. I mean, we, there's so many more, but I want to share just a few people. Uh, Teresa, Mike, Ann, Pastor Charles, Pastor uh, Sean, Pastor David, uh, Crowder, Chris, Roger, Tom, John, Ken, Giovanni, Brittany, Mike, Steve, David, Sean, Larry, Jim, Giovanni, Brad, Pam, Dalton, Ken, McKenzie, Riley, Fletcher, on and on and on and on it goes. And I've not been left alone for one moment since this has happened, and I thank my friends for that. It means the world to me, and I just really love all of you guys. Let me tell you about the flowers. We stopped counting at around 750 flowers. Uh, there were over, in my estimate, and this is low, there was probably over $100,000 worth of flowers sent to my wife's funeral and Austin's mom's funeral, her celebration of life. Uh, They told us the floor shops ran out of flowers. They couldn't even fill the orders. They had to give people money back. We probably would have had two to three times that many if this had not happened. Uh, It was overwhelming for all of us. They said the store, some of the quotes were, we're selling three times more flowers for this woman's funeral than we did on Valentine's Day. And they're asking, who was this woman? 
And so then we we were told that we don't even get this, you know, when an officer dies, a police officer dies in the line of duties. We've never seen anything like this. Sheriff Grady Judd was there. He's a good friend of mine. I told you guys that. And he told me, he said, even when an officer falls, they don't see stuff like this. The people who were running the funeral parlor said, we don't see stuff like this. We've never seen this before. And then the uh, the people that you know at the church said we've never seen this before, and it was it was interesting too because when we arranged the, the the arranged when we arranged it on it was either Tuesday or Wednesday at the funeral home I told the uh, the lady she said well just have the flowers sent here and we'll deliver them to the church, and I told her I said you don't seem to understand you won't be able to deliver them to the church because we're going to announce this to our listeners and they're going to overwhelm you. And they're going to overwhelm the church. And she goes, kind of like, okay, oh, whatever. I've heard this before, right? Well, we get there. She looked at me. She goes, man, you guys got a bunch of people that love you guys. And the, they came from all over the world. When I walked into the front foyer of the church, it was it just immersed in flowers everywhere. And my, my wife's picture was up. Her table was there. Her U.S. Open trophy with her. All the books she's written were up there. Her, all the stuff that she loved was up there. You know, a set of her fancy cowboy boots was you know up on the table as a display plus all the pictures with her with president bush and president ford and all of the things that she's done and accomplished in her life and i said to myself this is overwhelming the flowers are just beautiful and they looked at me and they said wait until you go inside the sanctuary then you're going to be overwhelmed and i walked in there i'll be honest with you guys i wept because the entire front stage is like 150 feet across the front of the church was filled with these giant arrangements that were like of six five six seven hundred dollars a piece and then the, all the stairs were completely packed so deep, it was almost impossible to count them. Uh, we gave flowers back to the funeral home to take to the nursing homes. We had all the people that were in attendance, please take flowers. And we still had 200 large arrangements left after that happened. So I want to thank you. You covered her in a sea of daisies and roses. Uh, one lady, Kathy, sent a, 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 she sent a, a thing of daisies. There were 600 daisies in one vase. And it was just, it was just something else. And then when I spoke, we had three different pastors speak and they all did a great job. And when I got up to speak, I told everybody, I said, you know, Sharon always liked a great party. And so we gave her one and boy, oh boy, would she be pleased with this? What a turnout. And then you guys are like this. A couple of years ago, I've sent this out to a bunch of you. Uh, she does a little karaoke thing for my 65th birthday, you know, doo op song about, you know, you know, Ted, about me, about, you know, seeing me and wanting to get married to me. And I played her singing that song before the funeral started while they were doing the slideshow. And she was singing and dancing at her own funeral. You think, well, that's inappropriate. No, it's not. When you are in a body, that body is inhabited by your spirit and your soul. It's like wearing a suit of clothes. If I take my suit that I wore to the funeral and I lay it on my bed, it doesn't jump up. It doesn't move around. That's what your body is. When you get inside of it with your soul and your spirit and you move that suit, it moves. You take it off, it'll fall to the floor limp. That's all the body is, is a shell that houses us while we're on this planet for a very, very short period of time. And then we get to move on and be with God. And so I'm so blessed to have known Sharon and been with her for 38 years. And I'm so blessed to know you guys and have the support that we've had. Because, guys, it made it so much easier. And I said this when I spoke because you know the grief was overwhelming. But the joy of what you guys did and the support you gave us was overwhelming. I had Brad contact me this morning. He goes, I'd like to know if my flowers arrived. <laughs> He's a good friend of mine. I love Brad. He's like a brother, like a son to me, brother, son, I mean, whatever we, our relationship is. And, and, I, and I, I texted him back. I said, Brad, you know, many of the flowers arrived with just names on them with no addresses. I have no idea how to contact the people back. 
the flower shops were overwhelmed and they didn't put all the information down. I said, I have no idea if your flowers arranged was there because we stopped counting at around 750 and we don't know whose was who. And so guys, I have to ask you to do me a big favor. Cut me some slack on this. Sharon was the one who always wrote cards and thanked people for stuff. I don't even know how to get everybody's addresses since they weren't on the cards. So I'm just giving you a blanket. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, from my family's heart, for what you've done today and for this weekend and for all the prayers that you've showered us with. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. I felt what he did for me through all of this. He kept me strong. And that's why I told Austin, I said, I have to basically get back on the show and we have to get started again because we have to be there for our family, which is you guys, because you were there for us. And, and I'm so pleased with all the stuff that you guys have done. And then Pam. Uh, she's she was there also. She's absolutely, she's absolutely brilliant. And, and she said something. And I, and I really and I really appreciated what she said. And I'm going to read it to you. She sent me a text this morning and, and it, it, it ties right together with what we talk about. She goes, just wanted to say how beautiful, inspiring the service that you had for Sharon was on Friday. The words spoken were very touching and uplifting at the same time. I've had so many texts that I can't read them all. But I want to read this also. Now, this is something I want to share with you because it's important. I'm going to tell you how this works. The abrupt fractal timeline change happening in real time has got to be an immense thing for you to be dealing with. And I cannot begin to know what you're going through. However, what I do know for sure is that you are one of God's very fierce warriors. Your positive impact on people's health and most importantly, their understanding of the Bible and their relationship with Jesus is totally mind-blowing. Even though you may be feeling gut you know, you got it presently. Our father's emotional and spiritual triage unit is the best ever, and he has the restoration team. You've got to, he's got you 101 percent covered. So, guys, this is the type of stuff I was getting. And yes, indeed, the fractal timeline with Sharon has changed because of her death. She stepped out of the fractal timeline and has gone to heaven to be with God Almighty. And so now I'm here. And, and, I, and I'm okay with what happened. I'm not upset or anything else at God because, you know, there's a time for life and a time for death and a time for birth, et cetera. But my relationship with God, I want you guys to know this, is stronger now than it was before this happened. And it was it was absolutely poured in 5,000 PSI concrete with rebar before. And it's better and stronger now because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us for this is the day the Lord hath made. God comes to give us life and give us life in abundance. The, the devil comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. Always remember that. So you guys, I always want to encourage you guys because many of you felt like you were, you know, sharing with your sister or your daughter or however your age is or your friend. Remember, she's not here. She left her suit behind. She stepped out of the suit and went to be with God Almighty in eternity. I guarantee you she's happier than she's ever been, and she's watching you guys right now, and she's listening to the show up in heaven, and she's so happy to be up there with God. So always remember, we're all going to go through the same thing. We're all going to pass from this world to the next world in the blink of an eye. To be absent of the bodies, be with the Lord. And always remember that so you keep your faith and your hope in Jesus. And when you do that, when these things happen to you, though as painful as they are, you can see through the other side. Because there's two ways we can look at life at this point, isn't there? You can be a victim or a victor in life. You know, Sharon has total victory in Jesus. You know, and I have victory with you guys in my life here on this planet, and then I'll have total victory in Christ and in Jesus too. So always remember that. Always keep your faith up. Always continue to pray. And guys, remember what that Bible verse says that I told you that the, the German plaque that my grandmother has. Zwei Leben stutzen brechen nie, Gebet und Arbeit heißen sie. 
There's two principles in life that you have to depend on, the pillars of life. They are prayer and work. Stay focused. Keep your resolve. I love you guys. Also, what's your first story? You're 100% right. And, you know, as we're watching a lot of these things unfold right now, it's always important to be there for one another, as we've seen uh, so so succinctly over the last week. And, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, because things have been changing in the markets. And, you know, the Federal Reserve came in on uh, Friday, if you guys saw that, and basically said uh, Powell indicated the Fed's going to keep moving aggressively with rate interest hikes until they return inflation to its target of 2%. And I've had a good buddy of mine who I told you guys, well, really was one of my best friends, you know, was renting a house and they upped the rent on him and said if it was going to, you know, basically be month to month, it was going to be like $2,700. This isn't even like a really nice house, kind of in a slummy area. And he told them, you know, basically go pound rocks. And he was looking at another place that was going to be like 2400 that was okay, but in a good location. And I just, he just called me this morning. He was all excited. He said he's been praying and praying and waiting and waiting. And they hadn't signed the lease on the okay one yet. And he just saw that the house they had actually been looking at that was out of their price range in the states of Auburndale in a gated community is now only 2100 a month, which is still overpriced for what it is. But it's actually a really nice like four-bedroom house in a full gated area. And uh, he was so excited. And, you know, we were having that conversation when he was there supporting me all week about how a lot of the stuff with the market now is be patient and wait, especially stuff that you've been looking at and stuff that you've seen elevated in prices. Obviously, if you find something that's a good deal that you know is a good deal and you've been waiting on it, by all means, you know, if it's something you need or really, really want, go for it. But as of right now, be very cautious on things that are starting to drop. You know, these elevated vehicle prices we've seen over the last couple of years, these twenty, thirty thousand dollar addendums or market adjustments on top of sticker prices, those are done now. If anybody actually is still buying those or paying that, I mean you're just you're asking to give your money away. Same thing with the housing market down here in Florida. You know, the housing market is starting to cool down significantly. If you're looking at moving down here or something like that, be patient. Keep looking. Do not be in a hurry right now. And, you know, I looked at a, an article the other day, and it was talking about some of the top ways people were wasting money during the pandemic and still currently are and suffering from buyer's remorse later. And one of those, it basically was talking about unnecessary doctor's visits repeatedly and essentially going and getting treatment and testing on a regular basis. Now, of course, if there's a health problem that you're experiencing, by all means, you need to handle and address it. Obviously, I always tell people to try to go the natural approach and maintain your immune system. But it was specifically talking about in this this article here about how people were constantly going to the doctors and constantly paying for tests and constantly paying these copays to go see the doctor for virtually nothing. Oh, I have a stuffy nose. I've got to go see the doctor. Oh, my my throat is getting kind of sore. Go see the doctor. Well, I've told you guys repeatedly, and I've had thousands and thousands of people that have written me and told me how amazing, you know, a few mild products that we have work that are great. You know, one of those being the vitamin C with antioxidants and the D3 and the zinc. And you start getting run down if you start getting sick, if you start getting under something of extremely high stress, hit those supplements. You know, last week for me was probably one of the most stressful times of my entire life. And I've been through a lot, and uh, it was still rough. And, you know, 
I didn't sleep much. I didn't eat much. The stress and cortisol was through the roof. And, you know, it was me, even me and dad were talking. I said, I'm hammering the supplements. And all of us were. I mean, we were just pounding vitamins. And we all stayed healthy through it. As, as hard as that was, as much as our immune system, you know, took a, a hit last week, we still pushed through it. And you have to realize that your body was designed to take nutrients that help support your body. Your body wasn't designed to take drugs on a regular basis to constantly go in and basically alter things. Now, can those drugs be beneficial sometimes? Yes. But be very cautious as far as frivolously wasting and going to the doctor over and over and over and over again. And that was the top list on here. The second one it said that was one of the biggest waste of money was order out, take out delivery and stuff like Uber Eats. A lot of times people didn't want to cook at home because people wanted to essentially have you know food made for them. And I get it sometimes, and people were constantly going out and doing takeout. You guys know my stance on going out to eat. It's very nice on an occasion to go out and eat and have a really, really good cooked meal and not have to mess with dishes and you know having servers take care of you on stuff. But in most cases, when you actually look at the numbers on it, it's in a horrific waste of money. I mean, you know, you go buy a $100 dinner for you and your wife on a basic dinner. You can go to a public supermarket or Greenwise and go spend $100. And granted, you're not going to get an enormous amount of food anymore. But you can go get, you know, numerous organic chickens. You can go get, you know, organic pizza, organic bowls and with some extra different food and have enough food to feed you and the family for multiple, multiple meals, in most cases, multiple days. And one of the other ones that's been a complete waste of money has been the Uber Eats and delivery foods that said right here. As most people don't realize, when you go order food, you'll order a $30 food from, say, you know, a restaurant. By the time it gets there and you pay the delivery fee and the tip and the tax and the other fees on top of the other fees, you'll end up paying $50, $60. A lot of people are just wasting money with that. So that's another way you can save money. Another one, too, is people were going out and buying numerous pet treats to go spoil their dogs because you know they had a hard time and the animals they thought had were having a hard time so they said pet treats were an enormous spike in sales that's another one get your dog good food if they if you have an animal or whatever you have and make sure it's decent quality i mean don't be feeding them just complete bobo food but understand that those animals cost money and if it's something that you're really tied on cash for and you can't afford right now, then it you know, may be time for somebody else to take that animal over or you know, basically give somebody else that can enjoy it more. Uh, it's up to you. And I understand pets are touchy subjects. I'm not telling you what to do with all of them. But I'm saying they are also very expensive, especially if you have multiple animals. Another one they were saying that's very, very frivolous and has cost people a lot of money because they don't even realize there's a reoccurring charge as too many subscriptions for streaming services. I talked to a buddy about that the other day, about how oh, they got you know Hulu and they have Paramount. They got all these ones, and all of a sudden it's you know ten, twelve bucks a month. Well, pretty soon you realize that you're paying sixty, seventy, eighty dollars a month just in streaming services. That not internet or cell phones. That's just streaming services. And I said, dude, you know you're paying eighty bucks a month. Dude. I said that's a thousand dollars a year every year, grand every year. You're just paying to stream. And I said, in most cases, a lot of these shows overlap. And I said, quite frankly, half these streaming services have garbage on them. I said, find one or two of them that are halfway decent if you want to watch a movie. I said, or better yet, I said, go buy some DVDs from the pawn shop. I've told you that before, Dad, and I've done that repeatedly. You go to the pawn shop over here, it's, it's you know, three three DVDs for a dollar, you know, Blu-rays for one dollar. And half the time, we got a whole collection of actual movies that are decent, and most of them are older that you can't even get on these streaming services anymore that didn't have a bunch of the woke nonsense in them. And the thing about it is you think of it, if it's a dollar for three DVDs, 
you spend 10 bucks, you get 30 DVDs. Well, most of the time, you're going to spend 10 to $12 on a streaming service, and you're not even going to watch 30 DVDs an entire month on there. You may watch a couple movies anyways because you're already too busy. You don't even use half the streaming services. Another way to save some money. One of the other lists on the item was ordering unnecessary items from Amazon. That's a really big one. That was listed as here as one of the top things not to do. As Amazon is designed to bombard you repeatedly with stuff you don't need. They do algorithms on you. They watch what you look at. They watch what you click on. They watch what you buy. And then they recommend all this stuff. Well, they know when they recommend all this stuff, there's a high probability you're going to be intrigued by it because of the other things you've looked at, clicked, and searched, right? So they know how to directly target you. Well, in most cases, they said it's in the tens of millions of dollars on unnecessary wasted items that some people do not even open or use. They simply buy them because it looked interesting on Amazon, and then they throw it on the counter, throw it on a dresser, and then turn around and don't even use the item. Be very cautious when buying frivolous things or impulse purchasing just because something looks cool. If you don't really need it, take a step back. And I've done this before because I like eBay. I don't use Amazon. But there's been things I've looked at before, and I'll just throw them into my watch list. And I'll say, you know what? That looks interesting. I might like to have that, but I'll I'll go back to that in a week or two when I'm on there and I'm looking back at something else. And I'll go, is that something I really need? Is Am I going to really use it? And I'll tell you guys, about 90% of the time, they're still in my watch list, and I haven't bought them. And a lot of times I go through and just delete stuff after a while. So I'm like, nah, that was frivolous. So, again, another way to save money. Also, to another one is entertainment and going out with, you know, this falls a lot of into the um, streaming services, but also going out and going to different types of shows and football games that sometimes are massively overpriced. Now, I get it, like college football and stuff like that. A lot of people enjoy that. I'm not a huge fan of NFL. You guys know my stance on that. A lot of entertainment things that come out, there's been numerous and repeated price gouging and excessive pricing on tickets, especially with people that buy bulk tickets and then they scalp tickets and they charge 30, 40, 50% premiums because they know everybody wants to do something but can't get the ticket. Be very cautious if you're doing that and make a good decision on paying overpriced prices for stuff that you may not even really care about going. You just want to get out of the house. Another one, this is a really big one at the very end, is boats and jet skis and toys and other big-ticket items that really probably aren't needed and are going to have a huge depreciation drop. A lot of items like boats and jet skis do not have good resale value in normal current economic climates. Now, there was a change over the last two years for a shorter period of time where items like boats, which you couldn't get because a lot of times you couldn't get the motors, were having, again, that elevated pricing where boats were going up in value 10, 20, 30%. You could go buy a new boat for 30 grand, and in six months you could probably sell it at the end of the summer and make money on it. That's already starting to stop really fast. The same thing with jet skis. Now the same thing's starting to happen with houses. Same thing's starting to happen with certain cars. When you're going out and you're paying $35,000 for a base model Honda Civic that stickers for $23,000, you got to understand there's going to be a drop and somebody's going to get stuck holding the bag. The same thing with these houses. When you're watching houses and people are buying them and flipping them every six months and making $100,000, grand every time they flip the house – it reaches a point where somebody's not going to pay that elevated price again, and somebody's going to take the bite. Don't let it be you. 
So those are a few things I want to kind of encourage people right now as money starting to tighten up a little bit. Make informed, smart decisions on things that actually help you or benefit you, like eating clean food, staying away from junk food, taking high-quality, proper supplements, making sure if you're wanting to go do an entertainment or go see something, make sure it's something that you really want to go see and it's not just to get out of the house, and you do your best to get a decent price on it because a lot of prices are dropping in that entire sector. Just some things that I wanted to throw out there, Dad. Anything else you wanted to add on there to you know kind of help people as far as encouraging that area? Just some options. Oh yeah, I mean years ago I put an antenna on our house. You remember that? I'm a 40 foot tower. I mean, we picked up like 60 channels. I mean it's like 30 years ago, and I didn't want to pay for cable because it was you know two three hundred dollars a month. It was ridiculous if you get all the premium channels and everything else. And I don't really watch TV. And I said the heck with this. And I remember a couple of years after I moved here, I had a friend of mine basically was on the brink of bankruptcy. And uh, he basically lost his job, and he had $8,000 a month in, in basically installment debt. And he had about $600 a month in basically cable TV and satellite TV and all the other things. And he came to me for some, some help to kind of figure out what to do with all the bills that he had. And I was able to whittle it down to about $2,500 a month. But he had to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff that he was paying exorbitant amounts of money for, like the $600 in the cable. And he didn't want to do it. Just told me I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can't help you now. I'm just giving you advice. You know, you know, find another way of doing this. And and you see, and this is the problem that a lot of people have. They get attached to stuff. See, God doesn't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff having you. And and, and you know, and that's the biggest problem you're going to find out is you know, you buy a boat, you buy a you know a jet ski, you buy a motorcycle, and you buy all these different things. Or and then also you find out they have to require maintenance, and you got to maintain them. You know, you know because of the way nature works. Things don't get better. They get worse. If you don't polish a car and keep it out of the rain and out of the sun, it's going to rust into a heap and basically have weeds growing through it within 10 years. Cars don't get shinier when you put them outside. Uh, it doesn't work that way. That's why That's why evolution is just stupid. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't work. Things don't evolve and get better. They degrade. You know, the human genome has been degraded, you know, you know, because of the Nephilim and the angels inbreeding, you know, with humans and, and also with the sin that's come into the world. And all of these things have happened. And, you know, we're not super beings any longer like Adam and Eve were. We're just not. We're not like that. You know, we aren't going to live forever. And they would have lived forever had God not, not, not changed after them. But the reality is this. We can still do what we're supposed to do and have a really good life, but just don't go out and waste a bunch of money eating out or financing toys. And I've told us all Austin his entire life, never finance a toy. If you want to buy a motorcycle and it's going to cost $10,000, you know, good luck finding a decent one for that price anymore. Save up your money. Now, I'm not recommending you buy motorcycles because they're unbelievably dangerous, or if that be a jet ski or whatever. Try to buy it used. Try to buy it in good shape. Try to buy it something that somebody's taking care of and, and realize that you'll lose that. You won't have to get involved with that depreciation curve, but never, ever finance it. Just save the cash. And that's, that's very, very important because right now with the housing market, as it was in 2007 and 2008, everybody's out there playing musical chairs. And the music's going to stop. And that half-million-dollar home that you may have bought that you thought would appreciate to 600000 within a year may be worth 300000 I saw that happen you know, in our own neighborhood. People were buying homes and paying ridiculous amounts of money for them, and suddenly they're filing bankruptcy. I've seen that multiple times. So just be very, very, very careful with what you spend and, and, and how much money you decide to spend on things that you really don't need. I heard an old Baptist preacher say it way one he said he said it this way. People buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't know. And I thought, wow, that's pretty well said. You know, if you really like something and you want to drive it because you want to drive it or you want to own it because you want to own it, and it's not to impress anybody, well that's one thing. 
but don't finance toys. By the way, the active U.S. military service members are showing now a significant increase in cancers. Wow, I told you it's going to happen. Myocarditis and pericarditis resulting from the COVID-19 vaccines. A medical army officer who discovered a sudden increase in disease coinciding with reports of side effects along COVID-19 vaccines, which the army had dismissed as a data glitch, said he faces involuntary separation after being convicted but not punished for disobeying COVID-19 protocol. On January 22nd, excuse me, January 2022, First Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, preventive massive medicine officer at the Army, started noticing some alarming signals with the Defense Epidemiological Database. The Defense Medical the DMED, which tracks disease and injuries of 1.3 million active component service members, showed during the pandemic a significant increase in reports of cancers, myocarditis, and pericarditis, as well as other diseases like male infertility, tumors, a lung disease caused by blood clots, and HIV. And basically, he got himself canned for doing all this and talking about it and coming out open about it because he was trying to tell people the truth. And see, the, the United States itself, and I'm just going to kind of just preach for just a minute here on this. You know, I've watched it from, from the 1950s. I was born in 55. And, I, and I've watched the degradation of the United States happen. And I'm, I'm watching the degradation of the United States military happen with the transgender policies and all the other things that they're doing and all of the weirdos they're putting into the military who couldn't fight if they wanted to just because they want to get the benefits from being in the military. And you're watching all of these things happening at light speed now because of what the Frankfurt School did and how cultural Marxism indoctrinated the United States back in the 30s. And they've taken over all of these institutions of learning, the colleges, the universities, and they destroyed it, you know. You know, I, I'm, I'm the end of I'm the end of it of, of, a, of a generation of Americans who grew up in the 50s and the 60s, when the United States was actually a, a nation. You know, when we were raised here, we were part of a homogenous population. You know, with a common language, a Christian religion, common morality, and shared values and outlook. And, and I realized, I remember, you could leave your doors open at night, and it wouldn't matter. No, nobody ever would come into your house or mess with your stuff. You didn't have to be armed. You know, when the 1964 Civil Rights Act was passed, it had good intentions of providing enforcement to the 14th Amendment, which needed to be done. And then the 1965 Immigration Reform Bill was passed. The Civil Rights Act had its aim in equal opportunity, but it turned out to be headed by the EEOC. And then they started implementing quota regimes, and they were installed. And, and let me say something about this. You know, if you have a person who applies for a job, and they're all equal, and I've said this before – and if the person applying has the same scores, the same education, the same GPA, and all the other things, and, and they're black or, or Hispanic in the United States, I don't really care if they're pushed above a white person. I don't. If they if they test better and they have a better interview process, if they're a better candidate. But you know, when you got a person who has a 2.2 GPA and they can't read or write, and, and basically they're supposed to be put into your position of authority or leadership or management in your organization because they're, they happen to be a different race or a different color or a different nationality, that's just not right. And when you do this, you degrade the overall country, and it starts to lose its homogeny. It starts to become so diverse, so racially diverse, so other thing culturally diverse, that you start to lose the unity that made the United States of America what it was. And, and I speak from a person who was raised in that situation. And, and you know, and you got to realize this. You know, this prevailing identity politics – which has been institutionalized by the Democratic Party and the media and the universities, the school systems, and the Frankfurt School, it basically makes white people are officially oppressors now. 
They oppress victims or people of color, homosexuals, transgenders, and feminists who insist that the women are suppressed and abused by white male heterosexuals. This despite crime statistics that show that many of these women in these different types of relationships are basically are a high victim of murder, etc. And you start to see all of this stuff happening around you. You start to go, how in the world have they done this? Well, they've come in with the communist ideologies. How have they done, it? Have they done that? And then Paul Craig Roberts came out with a really good article, and he said – the anti-American Democrats are destroying our country's power and prestige. Now, remember, I'm going to insert the anti-America communist cabalist Democrats are destroying our country's power and prestige. And they also control the media. They control the printed press. They control everything. You know, look at natural gas prices in Europe now. It's up a thousand percent. You know, Germany's being hammered again because of what's happening with their gas prices over there. And the, and the problem is, if the American people are actually stupid enough to have voted for Biden, which I'm going to say that, the ones who did vote for Biden, the ones who actually admit to it, uh, they deserve the American collapse that they're going to get. But we don't, the patriots don't observe that. They don't deserve that. The biggest problem we have, though, is that the majority of patriots are Republicans. They really are. We all know that. There's not like some kind of secret, right? But the vast majority of the Republicans think the stuff I'm talking about today is conspiratorial. If I talk about 9-11 being an inside job or geoengineering, also known as chemtrails, or I talk about the portal at CERN and the veil and all the things that are happening or what's happening in the United States or George Soros or the World Economic Forum and all the other things that are going on, these Republicans that are really good people, many of them are Christians, many of them are Baptists, they don't believe it's real. They want to pretend like it's not real. They want to pretend like you're just making stuff up. And I'm like, no, here's the documentation. You know, Zero Hedge was once again banned from Twitter for telling the truth about almost 5 million illegal immigrants have come into the United States since Joe Biden has come into office. You know, I mean, it's not even two years yet. And 5 million have come in across the borders invading our country. Many of them now live across the street in the neighborhood I told you about which is becoming more and more run down as we speak because they have no idea how they got the house and they have no idea how to maintain the house. And we need to understand that these gangs, these 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 gangs are ruining everybody. Remember San Francisco and the mass shooting that spread to Los Angeles and Walnut Creek? And then the Los Angeles Police Department warned that criminals are making, you know, the latest looking. They're basically looting everything now. The Los Angeles Police Department is warning people in the city not to create a new looting trend <laughs> instead of just stopping them where suspects could form flash mobs and ransack a store. You know, Los Angeles flash mobs, mob, one of the top of the articles here, says vandalizes 7-Eleven following street takeover. Police unions blame the ACLU, which is all part of the Anti-Defamation League. It's all tied together with the same people for a rash of recent smash-and-grab grocery store robberies. The ACLU's position is that smash-and-grab is just non-legislated restitution. I'm going to repeat that, non-legislated restitution. In other words, because your great-great-great-granddaddy was a slave, you have a right to go in and rob and break into a store and take stuff because it's restitution. That's how they feel. What about all the Irish slaves? What about the other white slaves? What about the black folks that own black slaves? You know, the slaves that came into the United States of America had already been enslaved by their captors out of Africa. It was basically a trade that went on for hundreds and hundreds of years that the slaves were brought to this country and sold. It was a horrible, horrible practice. But it wasn't just black people that were being enslaved. A lot of the whites were selling themselves into dentured servitude to get passage across the ocean to come to the United States. And don't get me wrong. Slavery is awful, but it's still going on right now all over the world, especially in sub-Sahara Africa. But nobody wants to talk about that. 
because let's pretend like it's not really going on over there so we can pretend to complain about what happened in this country, you know, three, four, five hundred years ago. So we go steal stuff and say it's basically unpaid restitution. It's, it's nonsense. Police union leaders are blaming the ACLU for all of this bad behavior. And we need to understand when these guys are just going in and breaking in and stealing stuff, all it's doing basically is degrading the culture of itself. You know, Ozzy Osbourne, which I am not a fan of, he used to be with Black Sabbath. He's now leaving the United States of America because he said the country's gone crazy. He didn't want to get killed here. Well, you know, he did some pretty crazy stuff when he was younger. He kind of like doesn't really have much of a brain that works anymore. And I'm sure he's given a political statement that he's been told to use and to give to show more, more division in the country. See, and you got to ask them a question. If they're really going to come in and destroy the United States of America, but they're planning on still living here, uh, how are they planning on surviving? You know, this, this is what we're having here, right? I mean, we're literally having a mass culling of the human herd in the United States. Of course, they like to call us goyim, which basically means cattle. You know, for example, this past Tuesday, Democratic advisor Kurt Bardella called all Republicans a domestic terrorist cell. MSNBC's Tiffany Cross agreed and said there should be no distinction between the Republicans and right-wing extremists. At that time, Peter Weiner, contributing writer for The Atlantic, likened the Republican Party to a dagger pointed at the throat of American democracy. And all this while FBI Director Christopher Wray added that any American flying the Gadsden flag, don't tread on me flag, should be a suspect of violent extremism. Oh, yeah, that's where this is going. And, and then we look at what's going on in the population, and we realize that America right now is, has the third highest murder rate in the world unless you subtract the five biggest democratically run, I should say hellhole, American metropolitan cities. Then we're 189th out of 193. I'm going to repeat that. The USA has the third highest murder rate in the world unless you take these five biggest Democrat-run cities out, and then we're 189 out of 193, which if you stay out of these cities, that means you're one of the safest countries in the world. You've got to eliminate St. Louis, Baltimore, New Orleans, Detroit, Cleveland, Las Vegas, and you, and you do all of this, and all of a sudden, now our death rate is really, really low and one of the safest per capita countries in the world to live. But this is what they're doing to us on an ongoing basis. They come out with this constant propaganda, and, and you know, and look, look what they're doing. They're, they're spending billions of dollars in the Ukraine. That's just an open spigot over there. While the United States and the West is drying up because of the geoengineering, these dams are starting to fail, the rivers are starting to fail, people are starting to run out of water. But rather than stopping the geoengineering, which imagine that that would be actually something they could do and let things return back to normal, or building giant pipelines from other freshwater reservoirs into the West, they just send money to the Ukraine. Unbelievable. <laughs> Instead of building the wall that Trump never built, you know, on the southern border, built part of it, but not what he needed to do, and just stopping this five million people coming in for basically free food and free handouts that we have to pay for we the people out of the budget and out of our tax dollars and borrowing the money to give them, they just decide not to build the wall. Or instead of enforcing proper border controls. It's just this is the group right now that's continuing to run the planet and has run this planet for literally thousands of years. But if we don't continue to tell the truth about this, I mean, who's going to do it? I mean, most people are scared to death to touch any of the topics that I've just talked about. I mean, scared to death. They don't want to talk about it. I'm talking about talk show guests now. I have a friend of mine who's got a, a health show that he does on regular radio, and he came by yesterday, and, and uh, he started talking to me about the stuff that we cover on the show. And I said, well, why don't you just bring it up? Just talk about it. And he's on several hundred stations nationwide, and, you know, terrestrial stations that pretty much nobody listens to anymore. But uh, he said, he told me, he said, if I bring it up, I said, I will be off the air by the end of the day. They will get rid of my show. 
And I said, well, that's crazy. And see, that's why we appreciate you guys so much that you support Health Masters, that you get your vitamins and your toothpaste and your deodorant and all the stuff that you're going to use anyhow from us. Because if you didn't do that, we couldn't be here to do the show. I mean, I prayed for you guys again this morning. By the way, I have not missed a single day of prayer since my wife has gone to be with the Lord. And I continue to pray more fervently for you guys than I've ever prayed before because I realize the importance of prayer. If we don't have prayer in our lives, then, you know, where are we? What's our relationship with God? And it's important that we all understand that. So, you know, guys, I love you. I appreciate you so much. And I just want to cover a few of these stories. I'll come back in a minute and do some more with you. But, you know, just keep focused on Jesus. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ. Austin, what's your next story, bud? Uh, you're spot on. And, you know, and that's what we see a lot of this stuff now is this continual upkeep of this money laundering scheme with the federal government. And it's what makes it so funny to try to actually believe anything they say. Now they're doing this student loan nonsense as far as, you know, they're saying it's going to be somewhere between four to five hundred billion dollars now to forgive up to 20,000 in student loans. And now let me say this. I've said this for repeatedly. I've never thought student loans should not be able to be bankrupt. If you take out a bad loan, there's always a risk to the bank. There's always a risk to bankruptcy. You buy a car, you buy a house, you buy a boat, you default, you go belly up, you don't have any money anymore. That's always been ingrained in the financial sector of the United States for that reason. If you've gone completely destitute, you have the ability to wipe out your debt. Now, it screws up your credit to all means, and for the next seven years, you're fighting to rebuild it, but you've always had that opportunity. When they did that in the 90s, they made sure they set up this indentured servitude. Then they came in under Obama, and they nationalized a huge portion of the debt that was basically being bought up with you know, essentially government-backed loans with these student loans. So they were handing money to kids that had no idea what they were getting involved in. Hey, kids, doesn't matter. Come here. Go ahead. Go to this school. We'll give you twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. Sign a note. You're good to go low interest rate on it, and it was predatory lending at its finest example. And then a lot of these kids now have gotten massively in debt over their eyeballs. They don't have the money to pay back this, these notes now, and they start defaulting on them, and then they start having these, you know, all these fees and interest and late fees, and it, it, it piles up, and it becomes something they can never get out of. But then you run into the other sector of where people are arguing, okay, so – I worked my way through college, which I did. You know, I had dad help me out with some of it. I also had scholarships that I got and other support from the college. And I was able to go through without any student debt. I know a lot of other kids that did the same or with minimal student debt. You know, they graduated the bachelor's degree with, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars in student debt, which is pretty easy to handle for the most part if you actually start working and making any 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 decent money. And but then, you know, you start going, well, what about everybody else that did all that? And now all of a sudden, all these other kids that took loans and you're just going to pay off their debt, which the thing about it is at 20000 most of these kids have a lot more debt than that. Well, again, it's all – you have to understand it's all one big giant money laundering scheme. Again, they're taking more debt from the Federal Reserve at interest, borrowing money, and basically handing it back to the banks and handing it back to their own banks that they work with. It's all one big, giant money laundering scheme. And then what? It, this is exactly what happened when Obama did this with the loans, is the tuition rate went through the roof. You can look at the graph on it. From the early teens when Obama did that, all of a sudden, 
tuition started to climb. Now what's going to happen with all these kids that have now had their student loans paid off? What do you think? Tuition is just going to drop in price? No, it's going to go up ten, twenty thousand dollars down the graph curve, and it's exactly what they've been doing over and over and over again to ruin the economy. And that's what we have to realize: every time the government gets involved in anything, it turns bad, pretty much for the most part. This is why I always tell people: vote things out when you get the, you know, your ballot. Do not vote for any more new amendment unless it's something that you know fully understand that it's going to be something beneficial because 90% of those amendments they put on the ballots like they did down here in Florida, they're garbage. They're complete and total obfuscation lies. They tell you one thing, they do completely different, they come up with this title, oh, we're going to basically go in and increase the sales tax in Hillsborough County by only you know 0.5%, and it's going to help develop more roadways and more infrastructure systems. Lie, 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 lie. All of this was lies. All they did was increase sales tax revenue for the county. The roadways didn't expand any further. The DOT and the feds always cover half the cost with most of those roadways, and nothing changed at all. But then the county has this massive influx of tax money that they can go in, oh, we're going to make sure we, we give more funding to the local universities to help train and teach gender studies. Remember, all that money is fungible. They don't have to designate to one area. They have one area here. Oh, we have more money here. They have another money in another area. Always, always, always look at what you're voting for. Last week, I had to deal with that last week, but we all did it. We all went out. We all voted on Tuesday for the school boards, and we had overwhelming turnout with a huge red wave with a bunch of stuff down here. And that's been happening all over Florida and all over the rest of the country with a lot of the primaries and the states that voted. I've already seen that now. It is so absolutely crucial. You know who you're voting for and don't just go in there and start bubbling in stuff because you're like, oh, well, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, click one. No. Circle it in fully. Make sure you're doing it as far as it. Make sure there's true voter ID being done. If not, get involved with your precincts and stay actively involved with that because these communists that have infiltrated huge sections of the government, they you got to understand there is no living with them in a really polite manner. They don't care about anything you want. They don't care about living in harmony with you, and they kind of do their thing. You do their thing. The only thing they want to do is overwhelm you with their system and their way of thinking. And anytime you question it, anytime you do basically derail from the narrative, they automatically have a conniption fit meltdown and tell you you're basically a fascist domestic terrorist and you need to be locked up. I mean, prime example, when we had the parents all across the country, including in Florida, going to school boards, telling school board officials that we don't want our children being taught critical race theory and transgender studies in school. And what do they do? They basically pinned a letter the, with the education board, the National Education Board, pinned a letter to Homeland Security and FBI, stated they wanted everybody investigated and they wanted all the parents deemed domestic terrorists. And FBI, of course, did so because they're run by the same thing. That is what people have to realize. It's absolutely crucial. People get involved right now as much as you can. Also, to another news, this is something interesting, and I, again, I don't find it to be uh, coincidental at all. As you guys saw over the weekend, the U.S. Department of Transportation has declared a regional emergency for Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Wisconsin after a fire shut down the BP oil refinery in Whiting, Indiana, which is the largest in the Midwest. 
Now, I figured something like this was going to happen, and of course they're trying to say that they can't figure out the cause of the fire and blah, blah, blah. Of course they can't. It just randomly happened right now, right when fuel prices were actually starting to break down and was hitting 299 in some areas. Uh, they're saying that this shouldn't affect prices. The speculators have already begun to hold it this morning. I already watched the markets. Now, this, how much is it going to go up? I don't know. But remember, they have to continue the narrative that fuel is bad, gasoline is bad, ice cars are bad, and everybody needs to buy EV vehicles. Perfect example, I had a really good buddy of mine on why how stupid these cars are and how unfunctional they are on a daily basis in areas that you actually operate and function, not just, oh, they work good in downtown L.A. where there's 50 charging stations at this area. When you actually have to use these in real world, buddy of mine borrowed his friend's Tesla to come down from Delaware to visit me in Florida for the celebration of life this week. And I was super appreciative that he came down, great guy, and he basically took the Tesla, and it took him forever to get down here. Pretty much every five to six hours, he had to stop and charge, and it took him about 45 minutes to charge every time. And then when he was down here, he's trying to charge into my outlet because he doesn't have – we don't have a charging station here. So he's trying to use the station that comes with it and plug into the wall – and it's taking absolutely forever. Then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to run to the store and go get a bunch of food for everybody. And then I'm going to stop because there's a hyper station over in Lakeland. And I'm going to get over there. But he's back like 20 minutes later. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, it said I had enough power. And then I turned my AC all the way up because it was so stinking hot outside. And I didn't have enough power to get to the hyper station. So I had to turn around and come back here to plug in to your house. And I'm just going to have to leave it here basically all day to get enough power to get to the hyper station across town so I can go anywhere. And I said, dude, this thing's a joke, man. I said, this is really a joke. And he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, I cannot believe I took this thing down here. And, you know, I laughed about it because I thought, and this is what they want everybody to sit around with all day long and charge because we have all this infrastructure apparently that's non-existent. This is what they want people to have problems with, exactly what he had. They don't want people to be able to travel freely on their way. They don't want people to be able to drive in their little circular perimeter of where they live at, their little town, their little city, their little areas to go to the store to eat, to go to the store to go to a restaurant, to go to work and get right back home. They don't want anybody to have the ability to travel freely, unmolested on their way, especially without being fully tracked and monitored everywhere you go. So I got a kick out of it. It was kind of funny. I made fun of him. It wasn't funny in the factor, though, that this is actually something they want people to be able to do. This wasn't some Bobo EV car from Japan. This was a Tesla. So to everybody saying, oh, the Tesla ones are all over the place and you can make them work. Central Florida, where I'm at, good luck with that. And half the time when you try to find one, once you find them, there's already somebody else there charging. You have to wait in line and sit there, and you can't leave your car running with the AC on because, well, then it'll kill your battery all the way. So, again, another reason why we need to continue to support people and companies that are still talking about what's going on with this and why it's important to maintain this infrastructure that we've built over 120 years now that everybody wants to just make disappear overnight and stuff like this, like that happens over this refinery. I don't think it was coincident at all. What do you think, Dad? <laughs> I think if you had a Tesla, you're going to run around town, you know, here and there. You had a charging station, probably all right. It's kind of like a golf cart. Uh, you could do it, you know, be all right. But you know, trying to do anything with it, like going cross country, is a complete and total waste of time. I think it's, it's just awful. And uh, I would never buy one unless I was absolutely forced to do it. Wouldn't do it. By the way, I want to say sure one real quick through real New York City. Is paying nearly nearly 1.8 billion dollars to minority teachers 
who were unable to pass a test that was required for them to get a New York State teacher's license. Uh, thus far, more than half of the plaintiffs of the decades-old lawsuit have won contempt- compensatory damages. Uh, Sylvia Alvarez was awarded $1.1 million for being fired from her teaching job because she couldn't read or write after failing to test 10 times. Uh, this gravy thing is still on the tracks, and teachers' claims are still being processed. And this goes back to 1996 when a lawsuit was filed against the New York City Department of Education for lie di- violating Title VII of the 64 Civil Rights Act by requiring public teachers to pass the liberal arts sciences test to keep or get teaching jobs. This test was given by the state of New York as a requirement for teaching for a teaching certificate. So when the New York City required the test, it meant it was requiring teachers to have the standard state credential. However, now they're saying it is an unlawful impact on black and Hispanic teachers, and over 90% of the white test takers are passing compared to fewer than 62% of the minorities. And yet now, now they're being sued because they don't want to have teachers – that can't read or write and can't teach the kids properly. And, and you know, it's, it's just, this is, you know, you stop about that. You, you talk about what I talked about earlier in the show about how we've destroyed the United States of America. You've got an unbelievably dumbed down educational system, guys. It wasn't like that when I was a kid, but it is now. Also, the uh, FDA is set to authorize updated COVID 19 booster shots for newer Omicron strains without even completing the human tests. The agency will assess new jabs based on mice research and older vaccines. In other words, they're giving more booster shots and going to be authorized by the FDA this week without any human clinical testing. And, of course, these $170 million that they've ordered for the people in America who are still left alive, who are so stupid to have been you know, forced to take these things to start with. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that. that. That came out wrong. The 170, people, 170 million people or 300 million or whatever that took the vaccines, most of them who willingly took them, or I feel sorry for the people that were forced to take them because they try to keep their job, and they're smart. They didn't want to do it. The guys who took it willingly, they were they were the stupid ones. I want to clarify that because you guys are really smart. Some of you had to take the vaccine. I don't want to say that because it's not true. But, guys, listen to me. It's very, very important that I, that you guys know this isn't going to stop. They're not going to do that. They're going to continue to do it more and more and more and more. By the way, you know, they're going to be hiring 87,000 IRS agents. There's only about 600 billionaires in the United States. Uh, these billionaires, these 600, they don't need 87,000 armed IRS people coming into your home with weapons or breaching your house at 3 o'clock in the morning looking for your tax dollars. The people that are the billionaires simply don't tolerate that type of behavior. They're shielded behind multiple corporate, corporate layers and security systems. The problem we have now, we're going to find out with this IRS thing, is they're going to really come after the people who took the PPP loans, the personal payroll protection loans. And they're going to really start doing forensic audits on these folks, and they're going to come in and try to extract their pound of flesh from all of these people that may have simply paid something out of that PPP loan by accident or distributed cash incorrectly, or they could say it was fungible and was used for something else. This is going to be a mess. And, guys, I don't know how they're planning on hiring 87,000 people because you can't, it takes about a, about two years to train an IRS agent. So it's going to be a bit for this gets there. So let's pray that you know, Ron DeSantis, we hope, gets into the White House and we can stop all of this stuff. And by the way, when I was speaking with Grady at the Celebration of Life ceremony on Friday, you guys would be proud of me. I talked to him about how much we loved him and what a great sheriff he was and how I wanted DeSantis to win the presidency and I wanted him to be attorney general. I told him that personally. On Friday, in a, in a minute of moment of, I was lucid for a minute. I could actually think because I was speaking to him. And guys, I want you to know something. I love you. You guys are amazing. 
And just bear with us. Our shows will get back to where they normally are as far as standard of, you know, preparation, et cetera, as the weeks progress. And I want to thank you again for supporting Health Masters, and I want to thank you again for praying for us. I love you guys so much. Austin, finish it up. Yes, absolutely. And be sure if you guys need anything, feel free to give us a call here. We're still staying operational. Nothing's changed. Health Masters, Steve, Ruben, all the guys in the back, we're all staying standard. Everything we hear is moving. And uh, we're pushing through it, and we'll always drive through it and survive it like we always do. And so thank you for the continued support and prayers. The NAC, NSL cysteine, exceptionally good product for the lungs, healthy detoxification of the body. That's on sale till the end of the month. So that's on sale for like I think two more days, and that will be off sale for the 25% off. So be sure to take advantage of that if you want to stock up on it. Also, the Ultimate Stress Control Kit has been what I've been hammering directly, those three products, very hard with the cortisol, adrenal support, and vitamin C with antioxidants. That's on sale right now for a few more days along with the back-to-school kids pack with the COD, DHA, and the Ultimate Multiple Chewable. So be sure to check those out. This stuff's going to be changing, different sales, different specials over the next week. So, again, thank you. For the prayers, for the support, for the emails, I'm still trying to go through all of them. You know, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably not going to respond to everything because it's just overwhelming right now. And I'm trying to get back my head back in the game. But we are here, we are pushing forward, and we thank you again so much for the support. Thank you for the prayers as well. I just, in the ones that showed up, the ones that called, the ones that emailed, the flowers. It has been absolutely amazing to see that type of support for mom, as she was such an incredible person, such an incredible author, such an incredible mom wife, everything. So thank you so much, my friends. Continue to pray for us. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night as you always do. And we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.